Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 16, Flagrant 2, Dribble Drive Podcast. As always, Nigel joined by my good buddy, Hofstra alum, James Coco. But today, we have uh, we have a special guest, but he's a friend of the program. Reoccurring guest. Reoccurring guest. Yeah, it's uh, Wheaton Brando on uh, on your favorite social media channels, Brandon Anderson. Uh, Brandon, how the hell are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing, guys? Great. We're doing good. We're doing good. First set. You know, happy to be the first guest. Happy to be the, the first second guest. I expect uh, that trend to continue. Yeah, first second guest. Uh, congrats, man. It's a, a special moment for you. Yeah, got to stay ahead of Oliver and uh, and Snotty. So. <laughs> yeah, is this is this as special as uh, as Rachel Nichols uh, responding to your tweet today? Like, where does it rank with that? I mean, it's like a close second, I would say, but Rachel still rings ahead of you guys. But you know, you guys are picking up steam, so it's a, it's a close race. All right, I I, I will appreciate that. I, I like that. Those are kind words. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so we're gonna start off, and I, I have been bugging to the internet world. I've been bugging Brandon for the last I, I don't know. I think every single one of my tweets for the last couple of days have been talking to Brandon about. His March Madness bracket of NBA nicknames, and I've seen a lot of March Madness brackets from craft beer to cereal to uh, fast food chains. But and then I love all I love all three of those. Those are those. Nothing is better than cereal, <laughs> fast food, and craft beer. But the NBA nicknames is great. I mean, the idea that you came up with is fantastic. It's original. It's fresh. So can you walk us through the steps and the rules if you came up with them yourself? Of how you came up with this idea. Yeah, well, so I've done this brackets thing my entire life. You know, March Madness, like my favorite few weeks of the year sports-wise. And uh, my my old college buddy, JJ, and I, we would we used to have, like, back-to-back-to-back math classes. And we'd sit in the back and just... Wait, time out, time out, time out. You took three straight math classes? Yeah, I mean, I'm a numbers guy, so that, oh, that was... Jesus. Yeah, they were in the, in the same classroom and everything. So we literally just had the exact same seat in the same room for just four hours of math. What kind of math? I know this is off topic, but what kind of math? I mean, because I, I I tried to do like geometry in college and I got like a D minus instead. Yeah. No I couldn't more pass. Math, no more math. I couldn't pass math to save my life either. So yeah, dude, it was eight a.m. first semester of college. It was like the worst decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like. Uh, Differential calculus and linear algebra and the geometry, the whole mix. It's all good. <laughs> so not your basic math. Okay, all right. Yeah. Sorry for so interrupting. That's all right. So so we would sit in the back of class in the back corner, and we would, like, during the first hour of class, would be like, all right, let's pick a topic. Uh, let's do Disney characters. And we spend, like, the whole hours going back and forth, writing down one after the other, like, okay, think of any Disney character. And then at the end, whoever ran out first would just kind of lose. Uh, who who was? Oh, just you just would name him because I was about to yeah. say what's the best Disney character. Well, so we would just keep writing them out, and then we'd and then we'd use you know like our TI eighty three calculators to randomize everything, throw them into a huge random bracket, and then we would do like all right today is Disney character death match. and then we'd have this like one hundred twenty eight bracket of Disney character death match. Damn argue back and forth about them for the entire rest of the math period and then we get out go to lunch sit with all of our buddies and like show them the bracket and be like what do you guys think what you picked this one oh, this is crazy and then that's what we do and go back to class the next day and do it again 
Hmm. Okay. So before we get into the NBA, can you tell us who won the, the death match or the death bracket for Disney oh, characters? Man. Boy, I don't remember who won the Disney character death match. I, I can tell yeah. you this. I, I know we had a Disney movie death match. That was, you know, Disney characters, we actually would imagine if they fought to the death. Disney movies was just, okay, what's the best movie? <laughs> and I remember we got down to Aladdin and Lion King as the obvious last two. And it literally nearly tore our friendship apart. I Does was, Pixar movies count? Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. I think uh. we're just solid Disney. Okay. So, so I was Team Lion King, he was Team Aladdin, and we went head-to-head, and like literally our table of friends at lunch was arguing about it for like the next three days, and it genuinely put our friendship at like at odds for like a week of arguing. Uh, but, but we're good. We settled on Lion King, which is, of course, the correct answer. And so, stuck with lots of brackets during, during our days. In fact, the Disney thing is kind of where I got the idea from on this a couple weeks ago. Uh, some I forget who someone on Twitter that I saw retweeted was doing their own little Disney, including Pixar, a bracket. Um, and I was like, hmm, a bracket that would be fun to get back into. And I always love when I go on basketball reference. You get to you know all the stats and numbers, of course, for a math nerd like me are great. But I love that they list the nicknames up at the top for players, some of which are the obvious ones. And then every now and then you're like, what the heck is that nickname? I've never heard that person in my life. And that's literally a player on my favorite team. Still never heard of it. So, yeah, I so, went through. And, uh, you took all the names. Yeah, so I literally went through every roster, every active roster. So the rules were the player had to be active this year. They had to be playing at least a minute. So no Chris Bosch or anyone like that, unfortunately. Um it has to be a nickname on Basketball Reference, so there's a few, like, Waiter's Island is not listed there. Um, so shame. That's a shame. There. Uh, any of the nicknames that are not actually nicknames, Teen and CP3 and Durantula, like, if you just took your name and added a number at the end or something, that's not a nickname. That's lazy. Oh, okay. So before we get any further, I, I have some issues with that rule then. But I'm going to bring that up once we start talking actual picks because I think you made a mistake, and I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Well, it's fair. It's it's very subjective. I'm the bracket master, so you know if, if I if I <laughs> name was too simple, then I got rid of it, and if I wanted it, I included it. So okay, yeah, all right, I'll totally own up to that. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, but it took all the names, and then I was like, shoot, how do I seed them? Because you know, no one wants a bracket where the obvious likely favorites are just the one and two seats, and so it goes. And you don't want to just randomize it all because you might get the best ones all in the same little quadrant. So I broke it into four quadrants. So there's a superstar region, there's the international player region, and then uh, the, the other 32 left, I was like, okay, how do I split these? So I went with the accurate enough region and the LOL what region, which is my personal favorite. I think that the the way you broke up the, the quadrants, because this is a math night, we're going to keep it math-centric today, the the quadrants I, I, is my favorite part. I, I think that's great. I loved how you put it in the international, just because, you know, it's tough times right now. We want to show the international fans that we like them. The accurate enough, love it. But I love the, the low-key, the best part about it is you spelled what, W-U-T, and I, I saw that, I was like, this is ridiculous. What, what, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> so you made the four brackets, you put the people in there. How did you get the seedings? 
Yeah, so the seeding, what I ended up doing was I would just type in, the, so, you know, the, the number one overall seed in the Superstar region is King James. Yeah, um, okay, this brings up a great point. You said no names. How King James is a, I think Durantula is a little a little better than, than King James. Yeah, Durantula is more of a nickname, but Durantula blows. So <laughs> it does, it does. If nickname sucked, then I just left it out. Like, we don't need a poll to find out that no one want, wants Durantula to be a thing. Okay, okay, I... You just yeah. posterized me. I got it. I yeah, like well, it. Well, King James, you know, King James, the king, I decided to include it. You know, I've got, like, Chef Curry's in there, which also blows, but people apparently like it. So, yeah, I, I would just, for King James, I would just type into Google LeBron James, King James, quotes on both of those, and then just see how many hits came up. And basically, if there was enough, you know, I just ranked the hits for my 16 superstars, put them, you know, in order, 1 to 16, and then whatever came out, that was the bracket. And did you do that for the other three? Yeah, same same thing for all four regions, and that's the seeding. That okay, that's pretty I, awesome. That's that's aw- that's really cool the way that you seeded it. I thought you you pulled random people uh, off the street as if we were Family Feud style, but <laughs> that that is that, okay. All right, I like that yeah, a lot. Entirely scientific. The, the only yes. the only nickname that I like that you know I don't think it passes your. That's a reference test, but the only nickname that I like that I don't know if it really caught on, maybe it was like a half a season thing, is I really like the Kevin Durant Slim Reaper nickname. I really thought that that should have caught on more. Yeah, I thought about that one. I, I actually, I, I may end up doing, I have basically like the NIT bracket. Sure. So I have like 16 nicknames that didn't quite make the bracket that either were like, like PG thirteen, eh, it's not terrible. It's you know, it's like oh, it's a movie rating, and he changes the number for it. And like Slim Reaper, I kind of like Slim Reaper too. I know Kevin Durant publicly hates Slim Reaper, so that was partly why I left that one out. Um, but yeah, it, if, it, was, it was a little subjective, including the last few choices. But yeah, that's how it came down. Is there any opportunity that Gershon Yabuselli's nickname, the Dancing Bear, gets in a bracket? It's well, the problem is he hasn't played this season. I don't think has he. Not could you just could you just kind of like put it in there for me? <laughs> well, I, I it doesn't fit the rules, and also I'm pretty sure Draymond Green's listed nickname is the Dancing Bear. Hmm. So this you you do know that the Dancing Bear is a very NSFW thing, right? That's I, why it's so funny. I did <laughs> not know that. If I did, I probably would have included it. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't Google it, but I can give you a brief rundown it consists of a, a very hairy man and, and other females around him so Listen, we're, we're gonna get back to don't google in a while that's that's my that's one of my favorites oh yes the evan fournier's nickname don't google that's it's fantastic I, I i googled it while at work because i had to <laughs> even though you told me not to I, I googled it and it was disgusting and for the people out there it's not boobs or or penis or anything like that it's it's actually a disgusting medical wound it's pretty terrible. I'm going to be totally honest. I have not Googled it. I only have Googled why shouldn't I Google Evan Fournier's nickname and read about it to know why I'm definitely not going to Google it. <laughs> Nigel, you should Google it right now just so you can get kind of an understanding of what <laughs> I'm talking about. And then then we'll figure it out. Then we'll figure it out. I'm just afraid my like computer will combust and I, I, don't, I, don't, know if I, I don't know if I want that. Then we won't have a podcast. That's true. That's true. But as we go through, one of the, my favorite things was looking through all the, the the matchups, and my favorite personal matchup was, and I, I I was sad to see this go because I knew the that the process was going to win, but the mm. truth versus the process. 
that honestly had championship potential. Yeah, that was the 8-9 matchup in the Superstar region. There were a couple of the 8-9s were really brutal, and that one was tough because, you know, I, I debated on the truth, and then there's another one later on, Iso Joe. That's another one of those tough 8-9 matchups. And I was like, well, you know, these guys are basically, like, retired at this point, more or less. I, you know, Joe Johnson's playing some real minutes. Pierce is retired. And... What's what's tough about Iso Joe is he did he beat the Grindfather because the Grindfather is one of the best nicknames of all time. Right. Well, that's another one of those eight nine matchups where it's like this could have been like a regional final, <laughs> but that's you know the seedings came out and one of them's out in the first round. Well, so also, I, sorry to cut you off, but uh, KG used to call when he was in Brooklyn. He called Joe Johnson uh, Joe Jesus, and I kind of like that. I kind of like that one too. Yeah, it was. It turns out it's really tough when uh, when one of the nicknames has a Jesus reference in it. It's really hard to vote against that, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just, I mean, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't vote for the Outback Jesus. That that was that he was going up against my favorite. I think he was going up against the Brazilian Blur. Oh man, Outback Jesus is one of my absolute favorites. I was I was crushed when that one went out in the first round. I know. I that I was happy. The Brazilian Blur is. My favorite nickname to is one of my favorite nicknames. I have a laundry list of, of favorite nicknames, but the Brazilian Blur is up there. So, I mean, if you're looking through, uh, I want to know your personal favorites for matchups. Well, I have to say, you know, you can vote out Outback Jesus if you want, but he's probably just going to come back like three rounds later, anyways, because that's what Outback Jesus does. So he yeah. rises. He rises. Yeah, he he rises from the ashes like the Outback Phoenix that he is. Um, some of my favorites came down, the, the LOL what region are basically, for the most part, nicknames that, you know, like, Birdman's in there, Frank the Tank, people know from college, Sas Castillo became, you know, a big internet hit for a while. Most of these nicknames down here, you know, I hadn't even heard of most of these, or maybe you know them if it's the team that you follow. So, I just love, you know, Yeah, the, my favorite LOL what, LOL what, LOL, LOL what bracket was the Kobe Wade versus Bloodsport. Absolutely. Kobe Wade is a phenomenal nickname. Apparently, Deion Waiters made it up for himself in college as a sixth man. To have the guts to tell your teammates to call you Kobe Wade is just phenomenal. But the the low-key name of Bloodsport, I don't know if it's name, It's because James Johnson is a fan of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, but the only reason I voted for Bloodsport was because Bloodsport was one of my favorite movies ever growing up. And Jean-Claude Van Damme gets so much ass in it. And I, I need to, I, I don't know if we can figure out why his name is Bloodsport, but that is. Oh, oh we know, we know that. He is, oh. he, he kickboxed this. Oh, so that's why. It's a kickboxing movie. Yeah, James Johnson is the lifetime 20-0 kickboxer and 7-0 in MMA fights. So that's why it's Bloodsport. That, you're, that is Awesome! You just made my entire day because I was—I didn't know if it was his hair because it was like red for that short time. But oh, that's that's fantastic! That's yeah. fantastic. I so it was another of my favorite matchups in that region, totally by random. Just how the seating came out, I was so happy when the panda's friend and Big Panda faced off against each other. Who's the Big yeah, Panda? The Big Panda is Bradley Beal. Okay. All right. That's 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 what I thought. I mean, there's, there's three pandas in, in reality. And I think that outside of Kung Fu Panda, which is he's the worst, I'm, I'm just saying this because the Red Sox start Monday and because Nigel works for the MLB, so we have to throw one baseball reference in there. 
But I, I Panda's friend is I don't know how he came up with it. Yeah, I don't know either, but uh, I know that if you Google Panda's friend and do an image search, he literally, so that's Metal World Peace slash Ron Artest. The dude literally, when he played in for Szechuan in China, he played with like five-inch stuffed pandas on his sneakers. Like, there are actual stuffed panda bears on his sneakers in the game of professional basketball. That's Ron Artest. <laughs> Oh, uh, so before we move on, I want to get your your final four or or your your the, your favorites to come out of each bracket. Right, so my predictions or my personal final four? Your your personal. I th- this is all personal. We don't we don't believe in predictions here. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. I, I feel like the superstar region. So there's definitely some recency bias here. You know, some of the older names, like the truth is an all timer, but heard it for so long. I feel like I'd have to pick the process out of Superstar. It's just, it's it's a big deal. It's new. Oh, Brandon! Entire team. Oh, come on! You're too good for that. It's 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 bigger than it's bigger than this this entire tournament. It's like it means something. Way of life, you know. I'm in on the Sam Hinkie thing. Oh, it it is it is 100 has to be Vinsanity. Vinsanity is. And this is, I, I would have voted Vinsanity over the truth. Vinsanity is the best nickname of all time. Well, it's the originator. Of, yeah, of people that are still playing, Vinsanity is the best. I'm, I'm sad that we couldn't do just a bracket of Vince Carter nicknames, because <laughs> Half Man, Half Amazing is awesome. Super I, awesome. I will say I actually did a play-in on Vince Carter, and that was the only one I did, because I also I agree. I think... I think Air Canada is also a good nickname. Vince yep. is awesome and was my second choice uh, behind Process. And Half Man Half Amazing is not his nickname. He, you know, stole it from an and one player. But if you're Vince Carter, oh, he Carter, did. You can steal that nickname if you're Vince Carter. I, I remember. So, I, of course. I remember growing up. Like I don't know. I don't know exactly how old we were. Maybe like fifteen or so. Um, and Vince Carter did have so many good nicknames. I remember thinking that. Vince Carter being called Air Canada was just, like, a funny play on the fact that he, like, was in Canada. Like, I didn't actually realize it was the Air Canada Center. Like, the, like a light bulb went off when I found that, when I found that out. But I was just like, oh, like, it's funny because he's in Canada. It's Air Canada. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I it was perfect. That, so I had no idea that it, it was, was perfect. I just was like, oh, like Air Jordan, but he's from Canada. Or he's playing in Canada. Makes sense. Makes sense. It was perfect. Um, I also yeah. think we didn't give enough love to the Polish Hammer. That's a That's a legendary one. That's one of my favorites. Polish Hammer is good, and the Polish Hammer was definitely Polish hammering when he was in New York City last week. Yep. Did you see him come out of the club with three girls? Yeah, I saw that. Wearing like a t-shirt, <laughs> looking like he hadn't shaved and like or showered in like three weeks. It didn't even matter. It, he looked like he was like a stunt double for like a bad Hulk Hogan film because he had like the Ed Hardy shirt on and like the bad necklaces. Oh, he he's a legend. He he's was on PTI a couple months back too. Did you guys see that? It was hilarious. He was like the stat boy. On on what? Or um yeah he wasn't the stat boy but um uh that's on around the horn yeah he was no he was on PTI he did like the uh, like the over under segment like the normally what reality does like randomly they just cut away and they're like and Marcy and Gorta and they're like what like it was super <laughs> random but it was awesome that's all right so we have been going through this a decent length and I, I have yet to bring up this one Monte Ellis's name the Mississippi oh. Bullet is perfect it was so like good. it was in the accurate enough and it was just like the perfect nickname 
I, I remember when I first heard his nickname was Mississippi Bullet, and I was like, "This is it. This is this is everything." I I do think Monte Ellis is the like obviously Dion Waiters now is the internet's favorite player, but if the internet or Twitter existed when Monte Ellis was like prime Monta, there's there would never be a bigger NBA superstar uh, in my eyes. You know what, James? To your, to that point, I remember like you know it, it like the, Twitter isn't what it is now, but I, I vividly remember like. Steph Curry was still, like, super young. Like, he hadn't made it yet. Uh, but Montellus was still on the Warriors. And I vividly remember, like, when he was, when Montellus was still on the Warriors, there were at least 20 times where Monta, being the best player on the Warriors, would, like, have, like, a 50-point game. And then not Monta Ellis, but Monte Ellis, M-O-N-T-E Ellis, would be trending on Twitter. Because, like, the internet just, like, for some reason just loves Montales. They don't like Montales. They love Montales. That happened all the time. I mean, I could talk for, like, two hours about Montales. The, the tattoo he has of the family tree on his chest, which is, like, with all the faces on it, one of the hands down, one of the most outrageous tattoos of all time. And that beats A.J. McCarron's terrible chest tattoo. Maybe, it's, it's amazing. Maybe, it is amazing. Brandon, maybe next time you should do a... Uh, Either wor- worst slash best question mark tattoos. Yeah, well, I mean, this bracket thing is, is uh, it's been slowly picking up steam. So I'm already starting to think ahead about what bracket to move to next. Well, we'll help you with that one. I mean, I'm off the top of my head. I mean, like, you know, Birdman's got at least a billion horrible tattoos. I don't know if you want to confine it to old players, but like, Iverson's Karoliko. got at least. Karoliko's I'm, got the yeah. worst tattoo of all time. Which one? Have you ever seen? Oh. And it's like a black dragon. No, the, I like, said I said which up. one. Oh, oh which? Touche. Yeah, they're all terrible. <laughs> um, what about uh, Kenya Martin had Trina's? Uh, I think her name or like lips tattooed on his on his neck, and then he got that covered up because they broke up like two seconds later. Yeah, we we know that we hate we hate Kenya Martin here. He used to have that tick. Martin. He used to have that tick. He might. I don't know if it got fixed or not, but he's like a much better like public speaker now than he used to be. You guys remember that? He had, like, this tick, and, like, he, like, didn't want to talk in public because it was, like, very obvious. I don't remember that. Really? No, I just remember him being first round, first pick overall after breaking his leg the entire season almost against Cincinnati. Yeah. It's, a Embiid, it's a very and, Joel Embiid. It's a very Joel Embiid-ish thing to happen. Yeah, Mark, was Marcus Pfizer in that draft, too? Because I thought he was going to be amazing. Wow, yeah, all-time. That's an all-time bust name right there, Marcus Pfizer. Yeah, well, did you draft is an all-time bust, though. Did anyone watch the the dunk contest for high school? Uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. The I saw that American one game. highlight. I didn't. Nah, not the whole thing. Yeah, I missed it. Okay, so uh, this is this is going to be insane. So one of the judges was Jonathan Bender. Love that. I love Jonathan Bender. He had gray hair. He looked like he was a substitute gym teacher. It was, it was awesome. Oh man! Yesterday on Twitter, I saw a picture of. What looked to me like like a sixty-five-year-old man in the stands watching a game, and then the camera panned to it, and it was Katino Mobley. Yep. And I was like, "What? This is like, how can that possibly be Katino Mobley?" That's Wait, what, that was my guess, actually. Yeah, Brandon, have you not seen Katino Mobley at the Drew League? No, I haven't. Oh, oh God! And after this podcast, Nigel, you know what I'm talking about, right? Of course, yeah. It's it's very hey. yeah very well known. It's it's alleged. He looks like like a, like a seventy year old cat, just like toying with like twenty year old kids. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a real life Uncle Drew. Yeah. He, 
It's it's 100% true. It's amazing. He looks old, but he still looks like he could be the younger brother of Greg Oden. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So we've, we've talked about the nickname March Madness. I think it's officially time that we move on to actual March Madness. And, and Brandon, I know that you're a big college guy. Looking pat, looking into last weekend's, what was your favorite matchup? Uh, you know, I think that my favorite game ended up being randomly the Wisconsin-Florida game. I think what you know what I love about March Madness is, you know, there's all these teams that you don't really follow, and let's be honest, like eighty percent of them. Whether you like or dislike them is just based on whether they screwed over your bracket like three years ago. And so I hate Wisconsin just because, you know, I'm from North Dakota, Minnesota area, so we got to hate Wisconsin. Hmm. Um, but, but I basically just didn't care in that game, you know. Like everyone else, my entire bracket was blown up in that region. And so just like, all right, what's happening this game? And I just, you got to love, you know, in March Madness, uh, I noticed on NBA Twitter is all – bad-mouthing March Madness, then the play is poor, and blah, 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 blah. You gotta, like, you gotta embrace it. You know, just grab onto it. That's the beauty of March Madness, that a team can blow an eight-point lead in, like, 20 seconds, and it just happens, and it crushes them, and you just get to watch it. It's wonderful. So, that game was crazy. The Wisconsin shot was crazy. The Florida shot was crazy, and they were, like, mirror images of each other. It was awesome. So you, you brought up a good point, and I want to ask both. I don't know. This is off the off the top of my head. You brought up a good point talking about you know brackets from three years ago. That's why you have animosity towards, for example, a Wisconsin or or in my scenario, Gonzaga. <laughs> what is what is that one team where? Because there's so there's so many teams in in March Madness in the bracket. What's that one team that you just they're like you know what? Screw you. I hate you. You ruined my childhood bracket when I was in the fourth grade. So I'll go first on this one because this is a slightly of a fresh wound tonight. Oh. And I absolutely cannot stand, cannot pick. Even though it's crazy, I feel like they're awful now and no one even cares about them. It's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had that like three to five year stretch where they were really good. They got a one seed one time. They were the one seed that lost to Butler in the second round. And I think there were, like, three out of four years, I watched Pittsburgh. I must have really liked their style or something. And I kept picking them to go a long ways. And you get, you get that team where it's like, okay, but all the players are back now. I know they screwed me over last year. But if I don't pick them the Final Four this year, then they'll actually go to the Final Four. So I'm picking them again. And then you pick them again, and, oh, first-round upset. And uh, so it's, it's fresh wound because Pittsburgh's coach, Jamie Dixon, left. And he's now at TCU. TCU, like an hour ago, just won the NIT by like 30 points tonight. So screw they won? Oh. and screw Pittsburgh. Okay, I, I love it. I love it. Nigel, any teams that you just can't stand? Uh, yeah, so I actually have three for three different reasons. Um, oh, okay. Well, oh, I like it. Let's hear them. Well, um, I'll go from – so – I sigh when I say this because, you know, James and I, James and I went to Hofstra and this year they were, this year they were horrible, but, um, I think it was two years. I know know where this is going. Yeah. So I used to work at NBC sports and we actually, not only did we show the game on NBC sports network, but I was part of the team that streamed, like allowed you to watch the live stream of it on your phone or iPad, whatever. So not only did I have like, you know, 
I was like, I had to watch it for work, but I had to watch William Mary uh, take Hofstra to overtime and then hit a game-winning shot at the buzzer. I think it was um, Marcus Thornton, not the not the sharpshooter, but there was like a <laughs> long-haired, like never made the NBA. He's like in the Euro leagues now. No, he's in Australia. He got drafted by the Celtics. I know. Yeah, no, I was at, I was at that draft, and so that that crushed me. Um, I really, really hated George Mason for a while because I'm a big UConn fan, and that was the year that they made that crazy run, and uh, they took down UConn. And my last one is sort of irrational. Um, you know, again, as a UConn fan, I just really never really liked Duke. I didn't like their style. I hated how, like, I, just, I don't know, I just hated them. UConn did beat them in the championship, so I don't really have a reason to hate them. Um, but that was just, uh, so yeah, mo- mostly William & Mary and George Mason, but also I just, I just hate Duke. Yeah, well, I, I hate Duke too. That, you know, they're, they're not my bracket buster. They're just the spawn of Satan. So I'm with you on the Duke head. Yeah. For, for me, it, it, this is this is this hits home really hard. When I was, it was it. I don't know how old we were in 1999 or 2000, but I was obsessed with Eric Barkley on St. John's. <laughs> Who wasn't? And they lost to Gonzaga, and I cried. Yeah, I have. I, I love that team. I know. I I was not in any bracket then it was just my own thing but i'm sure i had that team going really far and i oh yeah i i think i like did it with my mother or something like that and (laughs) i I, they lost in like the second round to gonzaga i didn't even know who gonzaga was and i cried and since then i has i've hated every single gonzaga team up actually up until this year i actually really liked this gonzaga team. was was that pre or post runner test I think it was post. Yeah. I think it was post. I think yeah, it was the think year so. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the year after. Another one for me that's a really random bracket buster is back when I was first starting brackets when I like didn't totally understand about, you know, why are the seedings where they are? Why is this team, you know, why is College of Charleston a 13 seed when they're 30 and 4? And so that one in particular, College of Charleston, every year I pick them to go to like my Elite Eight and be like, I found a sleeper. No one else noticed that on the bracket, visible to everyone, they have a lot of wins and very few losses. So I would pick, like, you know, some random mid-major school that I now know why they were a 13 seed. But when I was, like, a middle schooler, I didn't understand it. And then, you know, the game's not even on TV because back in the day, there's just the one CBS game. So you get the update every 10 minutes and be like, oh, good, College of Charleston's behind by 20 at halftime. Great, thanks for the bracket run. Oh. I, 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 I'm right there with you. When I first started doing it, I was like, oh, UNC Charlotte, they're the 49ers. They have a really cool logo. I'm going to pick them. Yeah. This has, this has nothing to do with literally anything, but for some reason, I don't know what. When you brought up Charles Charleston, for no reason at all, the name Harold Arsenault just popped in my head from oh. Weber State. Like, I just remember, like, growing up and being like, wow, there's an X at the, last, an X at the end of his last name. Like, he's going to be my favorite player ever now. And, like,. <laughs> Literally nothing more than that. I loved him. Yeah. I think it was the X. I think that was why. It had to have been the X. They had a big upset. I think they beat, um, I think they beat, like, it was a 15 beat a 2 or something. They had a, they had a crazy... No, I, I think they were a 14 seed and made the Sweet 16. I think they won twice. Did they beat Iowa State that year? Or is that a different one? Was that... No, that wasn't Iowa State. The, Iowa State was Hampton because that's oh. the one that, like, lifted the coach way up in the air. And I had Iowa State in my final four. Iowa State was Marcus Pfizer, right? Is that is that a is that a, a rare second refer Marcus Pfizer reference on a yeah, podcast? That's, that's that's Marcus Pfizer is more popular today than he has been in like half a decade. 
I bet you if we ever, I bet you if we added him on Twitter, he would actually like respond if we told him if we mentioned him on our podcast. That's how like obscure he is now. Hey, yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing people know about Pfizer now is the drug name, not the <laughs> So true. I was gonna make that. I was gonna make that same reference. So we we talked about exciting games. Games were great. Last second shot by Chizoto, or however you say his name. Where coming, you know, as of right now, who do you think's been the most exciting player or, or players? Yeah, for me, there's two players I've just loved watching. One of them, and I know we'll come back to this when we get to the draft prospects, but De'Aaron Fox is just wonderful to watch, especially the UCLA game, not even because it was against, you know, ball, but he just was awesome. He kept kind of the basket. He's got that little pull-up, lefty, crap-looking jumper that goes in. Dude, that that, that foul-line jumper, everyone always, like, points out, I, I, I hate when people point out, 17, 18, 19-year-old kids' flaws as if, like, what we were doing at 18 <laughs> was, you know, I was, had no flaws. Jesus. So, that that pull-up jumper from the free-throw line is one of the best weapons, I think, for any prospect coming into this draft. That pull-up jumper is awesome. Well, yeah, because he can get to any spot on the court, and you're so afraid of him getting to the basket, and he finishes well, that he's going to get that shot every single time, and he, and he finishes it pretty well. It does. It, it, I like it, man. I, I, I'm glad that me and you are on the same page. I feel like a lot of people are throwing too much hate at Fox for a kid that is, you know, 18, 19, and he weighs like what? He looks like he weighs a buck 20. He does. He's tiny. And I got to say, too, one thing that I really love that I, I love watching the early November, December games and watching teams like Kentucky that have all these brand new players. So one of my good friends, Elizabeth, is a diehard Kentucky fan. And I mean diehard like when, it, when any Kentucky game is on, her and her whole family, who are scattered around the world, are like on a Google Hangout, 25 of them, watching the Kentucky game together. So I enjoy following... Was, did, your friend go to, did your friend go to the conference tournament in Nashville? No, she did not go to the conference tournament. She did get to see the. She's she's in New York, so she got to see them when they were playing out there in one of the con, one of the uh, holiday tournaments. They played Hofstra. Uh, oh, did they? That's yeah. right. I remember that they played Hofstra in New York. I think right. Yeah, I yeah. Went to that one. Um, yeah. So I remember I have a text to her from I don't know who they're playing from some November game. And I was like, dude, your team has no shot this year. You've got a point guard that literally can't dribble. And that was Darren Fox. It was like the second or third game of the season. And I watched them, and I was like, oh, my gosh, they literally don't have a single point guard. He was terrible. He was so bad. And one of the things I love watching college basketball and what I really like when I look at prospects is seeing the guys that develop so far in one year. And I cannot believe the difference in Darren Fox from the first couple of games I saw him to how he finished the tournament, that that guy I want on my team. Because if you can learn that much in one year, you're just going to keep on going up. I, I think that's a, that's a great point. That when you're looking at him from November to where he is now, it, it's completely different. It's not even the, the jump shot looks like the three-point shot, the mid-range jumper from the corner, things like that. Those weren't falling. I think he had like a 19% from three. I don't know what he's shooting over the last, let's just say, from February on, but he, they look great. They, they look like they're going in. He looks like he's – I don't think he's going to be a 38, 40% three-point uh, three shooter, but 34, 33, who cares? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be decent. And his free throw stroke looks pretty good. That's what I was going to watch to see if the shooting will translate. And uh, I think it'll be fine. He's not going to be like Rondo or Rubio that you just can't shoot at all. He's going to be just somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, Fox right now has a better free throw percentage than Markel Fultz. And he has a better free throw percentage than Lonzo Ball. Yeah, I think he's going to be great. Uh, the, the other guy that I really enjoyed watching the tournament has been Tyler Dorsey from Oregon, who I honestly didn't even know a ton about because I watched Oregon play a few times and he was just one of the guys. And suddenly the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever the crap it is, tournament hits, and the dude can't stop scoring. He makes like four or five three-pointers every game. He's like Steph Curry out there. Well, I just saw the stat today that he's never had back-to-back 20-point games. You know what he's huh. you know what he has right now in the last seven? He's had seven straight back he has seven straight twenty point games. Yeah, I think I think since the Pac Ten tournament started, he's had twenty or more every tournament game in that and then March Madness. So what what brought me on to Dorsey was last summer, going into his freshman year, he actually played on the Greek national team with, with Giannis. Really? Yeah, his mom is from Greece, which is just awesome. Wow, I had no idea of that. That's really cool. Yeah, so he has dual citizenship too. So I, I mean, I assume he he's coming out this year in hopes that regardless if he gets drafted, because it, I, I think he's right now slotted from you know anywhere from middle thirty to you know forty five fifty. But with that, he'll probably go overseas, dominate, and then come back over. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, uh, you got to imagine we're going to be seeing more of Greece at international tournaments long term. So hopefully, he'll get to play next to Giannis and Thanasis and the other 17 Atetokubo brothers. Oh, uh, hey, let's just say this right now. Let's just say this right now. The Dayton Flyers next year has have Costas. He's a he's a redshirt freshman uh, on the Dayton. Yeah, Costas Atetokubo. He played. He was I, when when uh, he went to some high school in Milwaukee. I think the other brother's name is Alex, too, and he's, like, crazy athletic. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. So we, we were talking about your favorite two, your two favorite guys, and we go into De'Aaron Fox. One of my favorite things about De'Aaron Fox, before we really go on, is that he's a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, and his Twitter account, his handle, is Swiper the Fox, and I think that's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. I also want to... I don't really know Dragon Ball Z, but I love that. Oh. I, I also... Yes, so... Oh, go ahead, Nigel. I just want to add that, um, well, two points. The, the first, the most important thing is we were a crazy Wisconsin shot, um, unfortunately, away. Uh, it, if it didn't happen, we would have had two Nigels in the Final Four. Um, I guess I could settle for one, but I was at the, quick story, I was at the bar, and um, so right before the craziness happened, uh, Nigel Hayes was at the line, and I was like, I was like, oh, his name's Nigel. Like, he's clutch. He's going to make both free throws. And I had two buddies on both of my sides. And they were like, he's not going to make both. And I was like, I bet both of you. We made two side bets. I was like, I bet you he makes both. So needless to say, I won. But he did make both free throws. What did you get? Uh, you know, I got a beer out of it. But um, All right. I was just going to say, hopefully they gave you like a beer or some sort yeah. of shot. But with, with that said, you were talking about favorite players in the in the tourney. And, uh, you know, I'm again, I'm biased. But I do like Nigel Williams-Goss, not just because he's – He's got a handsome first name, but also he's you know he's a tough athletic guard. I think uh, he had a terrible game against West Virginia, but you know he's a uh, you know he's uh, what's the word? He's aggressive, and, and I don't know. I think he's uh, I, and people just love to just you know dismiss Gonzaga just for whatever reason they like to, but I I think he's definitely one of my favorite players left. 
I, I mean, Nigel Williams costs everything that you want in a point guard come Final Four, come Elite Eight. Absolutely. Hell of a name. Hell of a name. Hell of a name. <laughs> I mean, I, me personally, this was one of the, the – I've only caught him sporadically, and he's Nigel Williams Goss's teammate. But Zach Collins, this is the first real time I, I got to look at him. I, I've probably caught four or five games or maybe a little less in the season. But he, he's great. He, he's looked really well. I, I don't know if he's as good as people advertise, but he was really – he really stood out to me in that Northwestern game outside of the block. But uh, I, I thought him and, obviously, my homie P.J. Dozer and Sindarius Thornwell, USC. <laughs> yeah. <Can't. laughs> uh, guys, I'm excited. I'm hoping Gonzaga actually has, like, a close game coming up because I keep trying to turn, tune in and watch their games. And during the season, they blow out teams by, like, 25, 30. So by the time I checked the second half, it wasn't worth watching. And then the tournament, it's like, Oh, Northwestern, they're held by 25, so I, like, went out and got some errands done. Game came back close again, but I missed the end of it. And then I watched the West Virginia game, which was, like, the trashiest game of the entire tournament. I loved and it. It was, you know, a very college basketball game. But Zach Collins looked terrible in that game. Nigel Williams yeah. Goss yeah. was awful in that game. And yeah. West Virginia shot, like, 29% and almost won it. And so that that's, like, that's the Gonzaga that I know. And then I didn't watch a lot of the Xavier game because that was another blowout. So I'm hoping that we actually get you know a couple good games out of them so I can really watch them play. I, I like the Gonzaga team because they have Rui Huachimura, I, I think that's his name is. He's uh, half Japanese and half Beninese. Uh, I, I think it's Beninese, it, I forget, but he's a <laughs> freshman. And I, he, he, he's awesome. He, you got to watch him. He, he has the, the Bruno Giannis, like, childish allure about him that like just comes out when something great happens and they're just so excited i think he hit a three-pointer uh in one of the blowouts and he had a smile that could literally just like cheer anyone up it, it, it was awesome but before we move on to the the nba i want to talk to you brandon about this year's draft class real quick real quick if you were to compare both top tiers to top 10 prospects in last year's how many of last year's prospects, or vice versa, would be 2017? Like, where would you oh. put Simmons, or where would you put Ingram, Murray, Brown, in this year's class? Uh, you know, I, I think this year's draft class, the one that we're actually watching in the NBA right now, or the one that we're trying to watch, but they all suck so much that none of them actually play. It's, it's, I think this is, you know, might line up. We'll see how Ben Simmons turns out, but this is looking like one of the all-time terrible draft classes. 2017 draft is looking like one of the best in a very long time. I am really hype on this draft. I think the top eight, to me, there's like a tier of eight. And uh, those guys, I think that would be, you know, if you combine the two drafts and did it again, I'm going to, you know, throw Ben Simmons in there, and I'll throw Jamal Murray, and I think Jamal Murray's been really great. I loved him back at Pan Am a couple summers ago. I think you put those two, the rest of the top ten would all be the guys that are that are in this year's draft. I think it's a loaded draft. Okay, interesting, interesting. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I, the Timberwolves, that's my team, and uh, we're currently slotted somewhere to get, like, the seventh or eighth draft pick. And, you know, we're, we're finally out of the playoff race, and, of course, that means we're winning games now. <laughs> so... I am just rooting for us to lose the games that don't matter anymore so that we can get, like, the fourth or fifth pick or the sixth pick 
and uh, add one more really talented young player to the core of guys we've got. You know, so I, I want to ask you a quick question, and, and then we'll move on to to some MB, some you know hard, hard hitting NBA stuff. Right now, you have Chris Dunn. You drafted him at, at what fifth last year or whatever. If you're looking at Chris Dunn right now, would you rather have Chris Dunn, Jamal Murray, or Dennis Smith Jr.? I would rather have like a plate of two strips of bacon than Chris Dunn right now. So. <laughs> Maybe I could even go, like, if, if it's crispy, but it has been cold for a while, I might still take the bacon. Now, I, I think Don, I think he'll be fine. I, I kind of want them to move him. That's, to- Brandon, that's, that was ice cold. That's ice cold, what you just said. Yeah, well, so is the bacon. good. And I still prefer the ice cold bacon to Chris Dunn, so. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's that's terrible. Yeah. Poor Chris but, Dunn. But I'm, hoping, yeah. I'm hoping that Chris Dunn learns, learns how to shoot decently. And I'd love for them long-term. I'm hoping that he moves to a two-guard and becomes... I'd love for them to be the starting two-guard, bring Levine off the bench, where not necessarily bench minutes, but, like, you know, he can maybe close the game if we need scoring, but let Dunn be a wing defender to play next to Wiggins, let Levine come off the bench, and then still go out and draft one of those great point guards this year, assuming that's what's available, you know, when our pick comes up. Oh I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Now, I want to tell everyone, and Nigel, you, you're with me. Brandon asked to talk about the NBA MVP. So, I, I when we were talking through email. I asked Brandon, you, you better come with some some fire. So we're gonna let you go on this. This I, I don't know what this is. So, what what's what's your take on the MVP so far? All right. So here's the thing. So you know. We started with, oh, it's a two-man race, Harden Russ, and then it became a four-man race. And it's by you know, any given night, someone has a big game, it's like, oh, it's over. Don't even talk about it anymore. We've got the NBA MVP. So first of all, one point I want to make is the NBA MVP discussion is the real MVP because it's given us something to talk about <laughs> every day for like months now. You know, the country is going down in flames, and all we do every night is just talk about Russ and Harden putting up know awesome games so i'm down with that something good to talk about i don't think it's a four-man race i think it's a three-man race and i i just i can't put Kawhi leonard in the mix with the other three in the mvp mix Kawhi leonard as a player is so fantastic wh- I want what, my what you're just saying what you're just saying right now is self a nerd or not a nerd i called you a nerd i apologize <laughs> a math fan oh, a fan oh, of oh. math yeah back to back to back college math classes, which to me is still absurd, but that, that's a discussion for another day. You're going to make them all mad, saying that, that Kawhi's not in your top three. Well, let him, let him explain. Well, who's, who's that third guy? Well, uh, to me, to me, in whatever order, it's Russ and Harden and LeBron, and Kawhi, Kawhi is on my ballot in the four or five spot, but I just don't know. I can't figure out what stat measurement, what number argument is there to throw Kawhi in with the mix? The answer is none. Like, if you can find the argument that's like, well, you know, best two-way player, oh, he's a really good defender, oh, the, the Spurs, you know, got rid of some of their players, and they're older, and Kawhi's, you know, all that is true. But, you know, on a year where we didn't have other awesome seasons or incredible years, great. You know, I love Kawhi. He's one of my five favorite players to watch. If we are making a playoff series right now and I can have any player in the world, I'm taking LeBron first, I'm taking Kawhi second. 
above the rest of the guys. But this is a regular season award for who led the team the best, who's the MVP, how we're going to define it. And one of the stats that I really look at is I think assists are really underrated. I think people are taking the, the assist thing for granted. You know, we, we love to look at the points per game, and Kawhi has upped that a lot. And his points per game is kind of in the mix now with all the top guys. But he's only getting like three and a half assists a game. These other guys, you know, LeBron's, LeBron's almost nine assists a game, which is the most in history for a non-guard. And the other two are like 10 and 11. And we kind of take that for granted. Like, oh, you know, Russ put up another 28, 11, and 8 game. Well, Russ and Harden are about to, to well surpass 25 and 10, which is like, oh, you know, you think, oh, fantasy basketball, oh, this, you know, Isaiah Thomas, he'll be like 25 and 10 next year. Oh, John Wall, he'll be 25 and 10. No, 25 and 10 has happened by six people in NBA history, and Harden and Russ are about to just obliterate that, both of them, this year. So one of the numbers that I really like is a stat that I call points created. And points created is how many points on a normal game, how many points do you yourself score, and how many points do you directly create by assisting? So, you know, if you're James Harden and you score, I forget the numbers, so you score maybe 28, 29 points a game, but also you have 11 and a half assists that lead to another 25 points a game, then you've, you know, what I should, shouldn't be doing numbers when I say I'm a math major, but <laughs> that, that's your points created. So I, I, I looked this up, I did the math on it, I've got an article in the works on its way, and in NBA history, three players ever have averaged for a season 50 points created per game or higher. And they are Oscar Robertson, who's done it a few times, Will Chamberlain did it once, Tiny Archibald did it once. And this season, Westbrook is at 54 points created per game, which is the fourth highest all time. And James Harden is over 57 points created per game. Hmm. And those two numbers are crazy to me. And why Kawhi Leonard is not in the mix is he's at, like, 34. And that is a massive drop-off. I know he's an awesome defender, but he's not 23 points a game awesome defender. He's not making that much of a gap up. And that's that, why Brandon, crazy. that that is – that I, I love it. I love it. Hard-hitting points shooter, created. That, that, that's great. I, I very much loved how you framed that. Thank you. Yeah, even LeBron has never even had a 50-plus 50, uh, 50 points created. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten to like 47 or 48. I think that's about where he's at this season. He's actually not third either. John Wall actually is third this season. And Wall is having an even more impressive se- season than I realized. And, uh, you know, when I turn in my actual ballot, because I actually get to vote, because I actually am that important, you know, Wall... Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I don't have a ballot. None of us have a ballot, let's be real. But, uh, <laughs> okay, I was just about to say, I was about to just, just come up and be like, we need to figure out a way to not have five votes, one through three. That's that's how we believe it. Uh, yeah, well, you know, five votes is fun. It's, it's more stuff to debate, you know? But uh, I, I think mm-hmm. I, I could see John Wall. Yeah, I haven't thought this through, so I shouldn't go on the podcast saying it, but John mm-hmm. Wall might become might be my number four. You might move ahead of the fly. To, to Nigel before the podcast, and I, I was saying that... Screw it! I think if I had if I had votes, I'd put John Wall at third place, ahead of LeBron as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. I, like I, when it comes to it, I'm not someone that's going to like be rational when I when I vote. I'm, I'm not a very rational person. I'm, I'm voting strictly on excitement. 
Uh, if he's a valuable asset to his team, which John Wall is, does he have sweet plays? Can he dunk? And does he do like incredible things every time to make me happy? And, and John Wall checks all those things off. So yeah, John Wall's three for me. Yeah, I, I, I can I can uh, live with that. And to me, LeBron LeBron is awesome. LeBron is great. And I thought that he at the beginning of the season, I think that he was my official MVP pick. I I wanted Harden. I talked myself out of it. Pick LeBron award. He doesn't, or else he'd be playing these games. And you know, like you give the award to LeBron only if he's LeBron. He's awesome. If he's averaging the numbers he is, which are great but doing it for, like, 80 games, not 70 games, and doing it for, like, a 65-win Cavs team, not a 52-win Cavs team. Like, that team could be the fourth seed in the East. I'm not giving the MVP to LeBron for doing that. It's just not this year for him. Yeah. I, you bring up a good point about the, the fourth seed with, with the Cavs, and this is going to be a quick transition, but if you look at if let's just say if they get the second or, or, or third seed, do you still think that the Cavs are the most dangerous team in the East? I mean, it's you got to go. With, the Cavs have to be the most dangerous team. It's LeBron. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't. It does not really matter the seeds and whatever else. When playoff LeBron happens, that's the favorite. I don't know when it will run out or when when he won't just be the favorite anymore. But I'm gonna have to see it before I just knock him out of there. When he sustains his first injury is when it'll happen. He's like the most indestructible yeah. human in the history of sports. It's crazy. It's true. Yeah, it's absurd. I wrote about that a couple of months ago, and uh, historically, he's at some crazy minute numbers right now. I think he's like, he's already like fourth all time in playoff minutes, and uh, I think he's like top twenty all time in overall minutes. And basically, he's about two seasons away from hitting territory that almost no player has has ever performed at All Star level or beyond before. So I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I would really love to see you know seven years from now. LeBron as like a three and D wing contributor, fourth guy in a team, that would be amazing. He would be the most, you know, incredible three and D assister creator. Well, maybe not the three part because he's never been able to shoot, but you know what I mean. Um, but uh, history says we're not going to get there. He's got like a year or two left, and then that Kobe Achilles thing is going to hit, and it's just going to be gone. Well, like Kobe, he might be able to fly to Germany and, and fix his knee and get some special non-steroids injected into his knee to, to, fit, to heal him. Who do you think's the biggest threat to the Cavs in the East? Boy, I feel like that changes day to day, but uh, I, I got to stick with the team that I felt like coming out of All-Star break and the trade weekend, the trade deadline and everything. And I'm going to go with Toronto. I know they're the four seed right now. I know they haven't been super hot. I, I need Kyle Lowry to get healthy and back in the mix again. Me is the team that's going for it. I like the P.J. Tucker pickup. I like the Baca pickup, and they've both been really good for them. Uh, it's a versatile team. I think it's a team that matches up well with Cleveland um, as well as you can. They've got a few guys. That can, um, you know, it always worries me. Lowry and DeRozan, the offense is just not exciting in the playoffs. That's the most well-rounded team. I wish the answer was Boston. I like President Stevens, but they're they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. And they should have made a move, and they didn't. And I, I don't know that that roster can can win a couple big series. Yeah. Well, Brandon, let's also not be too nice here, and also just admit that you know. 
the like Achilles seal of Toronto is they've just they've just straight up shit the bed in the playoffs. Like every oh, year, yeah. every year they're like, oh, like we the North, like we're we're amazing, and then like Lowry shoots like eight percent for the for the series, or like they like they get so close and then they just uh, fall. And James, we'll, we'll get to you, but uh, I just you know I I do like Toronto. I worry about you know integrating Lowry so close to the playoffs, and I mentioned that to James before we got on. So for that yeah. reason, I I wouldn't have them as the biggest threat but honestly like um my biggest threat and i wouldn't have said this until really this late run i i'm gonna go with the wizards man they have a nice combo of vets of bigs of youth um i really think they can give a Cavs a run for their money i mean they're uh you know in every everything you need they they you know they, they check a lot of boxes i mean uh wall beal they, they just have they haven't uh auto porter's been playing out of his mind like they they have they have a this is their moment you know like I really think I I, I kind of believe in this team I, I don't I don't know how you guys feel. You know I, I want to believe in the Wizards but of the four real teams in the East and let's be honest there's only four yeah uh, but they're they're the one that I just can't totally talk myself into yet they're fun they might be the one I most root for out of the four my roommate is a huge Wizards fan and he's gonna hate me when he hears this but I, I just I don't know I. I didn't even think they were a playoff team coming into the season, so maybe it's just a remnant of that still. But uh, I need to see, you know, Wall and Beal, there's there's a huge ceiling there if they can get to it. And we've seen it against the Cavs that, that game earlier this year. I think it was the game of the season. Uh, so I hope they can get there. I hope Porter is the real thing. I hope Bogdanovich keeps hitting, like, 17 threes a game off the bench. I'm just not sold for some reason. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, James, what, what do you? Who do you? Who's your biggest contender to the Cavs? One team I, I don't think uh, threats to the Cavs is I, I'm with Brandon. I don't think the Wizards are a threat outside of. Well, I, I'm not a fan of of that roster. I understand that Otto Porter is playing really well this year, but I, I don't trust him in, in, in the playoffs. He just doesn't. He doesn't do it for me. But I, I'm with Brandon on the Toronto Raptors. I think they're a really tough team. The PJ Tucker. Hit the nail on the head. Great pickup. And to worry about bringing Kyle Lowry back. When's he going to be back? There's, what, two weeks Two weeks left in the season. He has to get his feet wet. And I got. I, I do. I, I, I believe in Boston. I think this Boston team's really good. There's just, like, no – like, I don't know how you can expect me to not pick this Boston team. Where, like – one or, I don't know what the the seeding is right now. We're either first or second in the East. I don't know how anyone cast or even knows me as a person thinks that I'm not going to pick the, the Celtics to even have. I, yeah, I, yeah, the Celtics. Like I, it's case closed. Like we, let's move on. Let's move on to, to the Western Conference or something else. Like that that was the easiest question ever. All right, that's fair. So I'll kick it to our guest first. We'll we'll just jump. We'll just say fuck the Eastern Conference for now and go to the Western Conference. You know, to the lizards out there. Obviously, the playoff matchups are not set yet, but as it stands now, the the matchups that are expected to right now that are the one eight two seven whatever Warriors Blazers Spurs Grizzlies Rockets Thunder Jazz Clippers uh, Brandon any of those intrigue you? How do you how do you how do you feel about those? Yeah, I mean, I think the one I think the one that should be the most well, I don't know I, I don't know if I'd call it most entertaining, but the one that will be closest, the one that's the the biggest toss up, is the Jazz Clippers series. Uh, I've been saying all year, I feel like the Jazz are the, the biggest threat to the Warriors just as, as a team that is very different from their roster. 
that can present. You know, honestly, they're a very Celtic sort of team. They play really tough defense. They have physical players that wear down Curry um, and can, can maybe get into Durant a little bit. So I think that team is dangerous if they get there. Obviously, that would be a second-round matchup. But then you have the Clippers, too, and who knows what you're getting from the Clippers. You know, that, that team, at the beginning of the season, we forget now, but that was looking like maybe the one seed for the first like month of the year. And uh, I'm still a CP3 believer. I don't care how many times he keeps losing the playoffs. The guy's one of the best point guards ever. And uh, no team can really match the, the Blake and DeAndre thing. And uh, whoever comes out of there, that second round match against the Warriors, either one of those teams could, could go up 2-1 and uh, be that kind of Grizzlies-type scare for the Warriors. So I think that the Jazz Clips series is the one I really want to watch. Yeah, James, what do you think? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, this is just an agreement. It, the Jazz Clippers is is up there with for me as well. I am going to say that I don't believe it's going to be. I think the, the Nuggets are getting the, the eighth seed. So I, I'm not talking about the Trailblazers. I'm against them. Uh, so everything I'm, I'm talking about is strictly strictly Nuggets, and that's that's how I'm going to do it. What, what about what about it. Nurkic telling uh, Denver to have a good summer? That was uh, that was awesome. <laughs> that that's yeah. Well, the the, the Joker himself will. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he wants to see something beautiful, and he'll carve something up nice up for the next two weeks. But nope, I'm, I'm strictly on the Nuggets bandwagon. I've been with them for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. Not believing in this Blazers this team. That that's the way it is. Uh, but the is it still Thunder Rockets? Yeah, is, as uh, of right this second, yeah. That that, that is the oh, that is just the most that will be the most insufferable series of all time. Well, I, that, that from is, the media one perspective, thing I just yeah. don't want to happen. Yeah, I, I don't want to deal with the internet over that fucking series. It's going to be awful. It's going to literally be like the election this year. It's going to be awful. I mean, how many times going is going to be like? Yeah. How many times is Zach Logan to come in his pants and like you know in one series? It's just like that's what you're gonna have. That's what's Dude, gonna happen. I'll watch the games, but like it's just like going to be so insufferable trying to log on to Twitter and like listening to people just rant about. I'm James Harden. No, I'm Russell Westbrook. I'm getting what I yeah I, I could care less about that series right now. Well, there'll be no defense. I, I, gotta, I gotta totally disagree. I, Rockets Thunder is the I, I want every minute of that series. I, I don't think the Thunder are good. I don't think they're gonna win the series. But I want Russ, I want Harden, I want the crazy styles of both teams. It's entertaining. I want to watch it. Well, there would be, each game would be like 130 to 1. What was the last score? It was it was something like 130, 120, some, something crazy like that. I mean, there would be no defense being played. Um, but I, I got to agree with you, Brandon, in terms of, I mean, Dubs, Blazers, Spurs, Grizzlies, those won't be that entertaining. I, I do think Jazz Clippers is a amazingly um, unique series in a sense that, to your point, Super different styles. The, the Jazz really put a premium on defense. And, the, you know, in the last 10, 15 years of kind of, you know, our basketball watching lives since, like, the 90s when, you know, when defense mattered and playing physical mattered, nobody's really – there hasn't been that many – obviously the Spurs, but there haven't been that many teams have been that have been really slow-paced, like, you know, defensive-oriented, you know, big man in the middle, like, slow offense – um, you know, athletic white guy. Like, how many super awesome athletic white guys have there been since Larry Bird? I, I can't think of really any other than Gordon Hayward. But I, I, I'm, I struggle to say the Jazz would win the series. I think the Clippers would win it. Um, 
Did you give a prediction, Brandon, on who you thought would win that series? I don't recall hearing that. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I think I think I'd have to pick the Clippers as the winner, though. Yeah, same. But uh, it's gonna be close. What about you, James? We're going Jazz. I, I hate the Clippers. They're so boring. I, I would not want. I have no desire to watch the Clippers ever. It's like the least fun team to watch for me. What about JJ Reddick's uh, sleeve tattoo? So you could try to get more street cred in his team. That didn't do anything for you. No, I mean until JJ has two sleeves, uh, uh, he's nobody. He needs to get a neck tattoo. Then nobody will mess with him. He's still gonna get messed with. You used to write poetry at Duke. Um, so right. well, what do you guys think about playoff Spurs? Because that Spurs Grizzlies matchup is like a snooze fest, but it the is. Grizzlies have quietly been a bit of a nemesis in the playoffs to the Spurs over the years. I'm and watching. I, I just I, I don't I, know if I, I don't know if the Spurs have that playoff gear. I think to me the Spurs are that team that is consistently putting up A minus and B plus games night after night, year after year. I don't know if they have that next level. You know, they thrive off of a great, a great bench and great depth, and just playing smart ball. But when you get teams like the Warriors suddenly get their guys play like five extra minutes a game, the Clippers actually start trying for a while. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have the Spurs even making the, the Western Finals. I wouldn't be shocked if if the Grizzlies got them the first round. I that mean that would just mean more Zach Randolph and Zach Randolph is like one of the greatest playoff players ever. He's teammate. He instantly makes a series better. So as long as we can get Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol, uh, I'll be happy. Yeah. So if the, somehow the Grizzlies can beat the Spurs, you know that this, this guy right here is one hundred percent rooting for that. Yeah, Brandon. To your point, I, I totally, I completely, one hundred percent agree with you about um, the Spurs. Like, can it? You know, I think, to your point, it's like, the Spurs aren't a team that, like, like you know, there isn't a LeBron who's going to take over. There isn't a Kyrie that's going to take over. Like, Kawhi, is, like, to your to the stats that you brought up, and I think the most important part of all the stats you gave about Kawhi is the, 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 the it's just, he's not a playmaker. Like, he can play great defense, he can hit an open three, um, but he's not a playmaker. And they need, to me, the, they need a playmaker. To me, the, the X factor is really going to be, can LaMarcus Aldridge, like, nut up and be, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge? Like, it, you know, if he's going to be, like, 16-7, and seven, then they, they might lose that series. But if he can be, like, playoff, like, 22-12 and 12, LaMarcus Aldridge and everybody plays their role, then then they could make a run, you know? I mean, the, the, the combo on the wing with Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard as defensive stoppers, that, that, that in itself is... Scary to anyone that comes down to them. So that that's tough. Personally, uh, I'm in the in the belief that throw Tony Parker to the wayside. Let's bring in Patty Mills and let's just have him drain threes and just shoot fucking thirty foot bombs in the playoffs. That's that's how I'm. That's how I'm. If I was pop, if I had Pop Vich's number, I just casually text him. Hey hey Pat hey Pop, what's happening? Throw Patty Mills in there forty minutes a game and just let him drain threes. I don't know if that's a good game plan, but that's my game plan. Yeah, I, I hope the Spurs have something in them. I, you know, you got to hope for one more run for Ginobili. Maybe Parker's got something left. You know, he always seems to pull out an extra gear halfway through the playoffs that we thought he didn't have left. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to lose to the Grizzlies. I, I, that's not my prediction. But I feel like, to me, the Spurs, just a few years ago, it's like they got passed by by the more athletic, younger teams. 
and uh, they're just the really, really good team that loses when a different team hits that next level. And uh, to me, I think that's going to be the Rockets this year. I think the Rockets are, are the top contender to the Warriors right now to come out of the West, not the Spurs. Yeah, I, I would say that the, the, the Rockets-Warriors is the, the dream scenario uh, for me personally for the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, so we 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 talked off the air that you know we'll pick like you know, and I'll start with you, Brandon. Like, is there any, uh, is there one Eastern Conference playoff matchup that uh, that you would be looking forward to? Well, you know, uh, what, they're one game out of the playoffs completely right now. But if the Bulls get in, and if they only play once a week on Thursday nights on TNT, the TNT Bulls are unstoppable. <laughs> especially if they get to play the Raptors. Seeing as how none of that's actually going to happen, uh, the Bucks are going to be fun. I want to watch Giannis. But I think people are really sleeping on the Heat thing. Like, that team since about January 1st has been maybe the best team in the East now by record. And I don't know how, but it's not a fluke. The numbers are there. The, the defense is there. They got Kobe Wade, you know, draining threes. And uh, I, I think that's the team, you know, right now they are tied for the 7-8 and eight seed. Uh, so at this exact moment, they would be facing the Cavs. I don't think you want to play the Heat in the first round. I don't know if the, the Heat are going to beat the Cavs because it's LeBron. But uh, I think the Heat could really, you know, could take a team to 6 or 7 in and, the and series if it's any one of those bottom feeders. I personally like the, the, the Raptors versus the Hawks. I, I think the Hawks are, are still a dangerous team. I know I wouldn't want to play them if they were matched up against the Celtics. A, mil, a front court with Millsap and Howard. I don't care how poor that they could be playing, even though they're both playing they're both playing well this year. That's still a dangerous front court. Dennis Schroeder, Kent Bazemore. That's I mean that they pretty much they match up really well against the. Raptors, and you know the Raptors went out and got Ibaka, Ibaka or Millsap. I take Millsap ten out of ten out of ten days. Uh, the the Dwight Jonas matchup that's that's interesting as well. If Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry comes back in the first game, he has to play. He's matched up against Schroeder. That's that'll that'll be really interesting because it's his ankle and Schroeder's a burner. That I, I that that's just where it is. That that could potentially be a really tough matchup and a potential upset. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I, 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 I cannot talk myself into the Hawks. Uh, we'll get back to your pick in the second module, but hmm. I just got to say, I would genuinely take like the Blazers, Nuggets, Timberwolves, and Mavericks to beat the Hawks in the playoff series, let alone every actual playoff team. I just, that their, their point differential is terrible, and it's been bad all year. Dwight Howard, I, I thought he had this other great year left in him, and I'm, I'm out. And I love Paul Millsap. I love watching Schroeder, though I don't think he's that great of a player. I am not in on that team. Maybe maybe they keep things close and have, you know, a wonderfully boring NBA TV series, but I, I, I can't be convinced into that one. Yeah, I, I'll just say that this is, this is a shameless uh, mention for me, but I'm in the fantasy basketball uh, championship that uh, James is in. I'm not going to talk about how he blew his chance of making the playoffs. But I will mention that I'm in the finals right now, and, you know, while I love Dennis Schroeder, actually traded for him, he's been fucking killing me with turnovers. He had a nine-turnover game 
and I think a seven turnover game this week, and I'm consequently losing turnovers, so um, that pissed me off. But with that being said, um, I love the idea of this Wizards Bucks series. Um, the Bucks are, you know, earlier in this podcast, a couple a couple uh, episodes ago, James and I were talking about like, man, the Bucks have been so disappointing this year. And they were, like, toiling around the AC. They might have even been, like, ninth or 10th at the time. They made a huge surge. Um, Giannis has really grown up. But, like, you know, Brogdon's been playing amazing. And uh, he's probably Rookie of the Year, which is, like, the biggest snooze fest Rookie of the Year ever. But, um, yeah, that series is going to be awesome. I think the Bucks could definitely give the Wizards a, a run for their money. I, I'd, I'd probably go Wizards, though. But I'm, I, I think that would be a, a really interesting series. Yeah, I mean, with the Bucks, you just always we, – we don't know – yet what playoff Giannis looks like. I mean, technically we do. I think we got that for a few games last year, but that was before he really made the leap to now. And uh, it's entirely possible that Giannis is the second best player behind LeBron in the entire East, or close to it. You know, if it comes down to that moment, you need someone to get a bucket or, or make a stop or just have that guy that can be the best player in the court. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see if it happens. I mean, they have they have the president himself, Malcolm Brogdon, as well. So that's that's a huge pickup. It's true. Yeah. Before before we wrap up, uh, I just want to ask you, Brandon, of the five teams that aren't really sure how to tank, who's your favorite team that is for, forgetting how to tank right now? Out of the Knicks, Magic, Brooklyn, Sixers, and Suns, because all of them are like stupidly winning games right now. Like the Knicks got a terrible win the other day. The Sixers are like. Three and seven in the last ten games. Brooklyn's won like I think four of six. Um, so who's who's your favorite? Should be tanking, forgetting how to tank team right now. You know, I I just appreciate the Sixers. I, that team, I think they've already hit the over on wins for the season. Even though Embiid has missed half the season, they've got both potential rookie of the year. If, if it's not Brogdon, then it'd be Sarich. Uh, my pick is Embiid for the record, but. Uh, hmm. I don't know how that team is winning games. Somehow the Sixers have had like three real players and still might have a better record than my full season of my Timberwolves team, which is just tragic and embarrassing. And you know, every year my buddies and I do, you know, we predict who we think is going to win the, the lottery. And I'm a sucker for the oh, this team's going to get rewarded for good karma because they didn't tank; they really tried at the end. And to me, that's the Sixers. I appreciate, you know, they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10. Um, and they're, they're trying hard, even though they don't have anyone real. And I appreciate that. I hope that they get rewarded in the lottery. They, they, they need some players. Yeah, I, I mean, all five of those teams, Knicks, Magic, Brooklyn, Sixers, Suns, they've all had these really weird, like, Brooklyn's, like, trotting out all these scrappy players. Like, you could literally take Brooklyn and the Sixers, and there are guys popping up every day, like, wow, like, I had no idea Tiago Splitter was playing there. Wow, I had no idea. Like, there's there's so many of those guys, but I uh, I appreciate that the what the Magic are doing. I mean, they, you know, they're they're trotting out. Uh, Terrence Ross is playing a little bit better. Aaron Gordon, they, they should just put Aaron Gordon out there for 42 minutes a night and just be like, dude, like whatever you feel like doing, just do that, and like let's just hope for the best. And um, I gave a shout out last uh, episode, but you know, Alfred Payton's been balling. Like he had like I think three triple-doubles in a week or two in a week or almost three. Um, wow. Still don't really know, like, what he is. But, yeah, look at the stats. Look at his game log. Look at the last, like, ten games. He might have trailed off recently, but he's had at least two triple-doubles. 
And um, I still don't know what he is in the NBA. He's kind of one of those, like, Moutier type guys where it's like, what is he going to end up being in real life? But, um, yeah, what, what about you, James? Any any fun, weird tanking teams right now for you? I mean, you, you got to go with Mr. 70 points, Devin Booker, and the, the Phoenix Suns. That's that's fun. I don't, I don't enjoy them sitting Bledsoe, but that, that grunt on, on the other side sounds like – Brandon's not the biggest fan of 70 points. I, I, I'm probably going to say he didn't like that they were just letting him get fouled in the last, like, two minutes. But, I, yeah, I, I've always was a fun fan. Yeah, I was a Suns fan for this, this season. I thought they were – I mean, Bender went down, which kind of sucked. But, yeah, I mean, watching Marquise Chris play, get, getting him some big minutes, getting Tyler Eulis some, some minutes, I saw somewhere that – the starting lineup for the Suns maybe like last week was younger than the starting lineup for the Gonzaga team. Yeah, a couple NCAA teams. <laughs> yeah, which is just absurd. Like that's fucking sweet. I, like, <laughs> I don't know how you don't root for it. I Derek Jones actually playing meaningful basketball minutes. When I say meaningful, I mean getting more than ten minutes on the court to showcase that he's not just in the NBA for dunking. But that guy is. I don't know how that guy's playing. Right now, he he has no skills outside of dunking the basketball. That if, <laughs> it's pure excitement when that guy steps on the court. Well, he got his he got his fifteen minutes of fame in the dunk contest, and he did nothing with it. Yeah, I mean, he he, he still has viable skills to, to to play in the league, but as a rookie coming into the league, if he's playing, if you're playing him or even starting him, you know that the team the team is kind of just trying to to go out for broke. Get the first pick while seeing what they have in D League talent, but that that should be a pretty easy spot check to be like, all right, this team is done. This team has called it in. That, that, that's it. Yeah, we're uh, we far exceeded the hour as I expected we would. So uh, I want to give this last little moment to you, Brandon. And um, is there you know if there's any articles that you're about to write, if you want to like plug your Twitter handle, uh, what, what do you what do you got going on? Uh, yeah, well, my Twitter handle you mentioned earlier is Wheaton Brando. Same thing on Medium, where you can find my writing at. Uh, beyond that, I'm looking forward to Final Four this weekend. And to be honest, I'm also looking forward. I'm gonna try to catch some of the women's Final Four. The UConn team is incredible, and I want to see what happens, especially if they play South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina being in both Final Fours out of the blue is just really interesting to me. Sunday night is the Cubs opener for the season. The yes, defending world champion Chicago Cubs home opener, not home opener, but let's be honest, the whole world is the home of Chicago Cubs. So <laughs> we'll be back. We're gonna be we're gonna be defending the the title, and we'll start by taking down the Cardinals. So <laughs> it's a good time of the year. You know, excitement in the air. Playoffs around the corner. So things are great. You should do a bracket of this, or, or not a bracket, a quadrant. Uh, but <laughs> the. The Go Cubs Go is just awesome. It's I every time I hear it's like the song, I'm like, yeah, all right, okay, Go Cubs Go. Yeah, I mean, I was at World Series Game Five last year, which is the only home game that we won. Which means, in other words, the Go Cubs Go has been around since like the early '80s as our song, and of course, we have not won a World Series home game since the early '80s. So, to this moment in history, I have been part of the only. World Series winning Go Cubs Go. Huh. So that's going to change because there will be a lot more of that to come. But for now, it's pretty awesome. Nice. I forgot, to me- I forgot to mention this. This is super random last comment. 
when I was looking up uh, Harold Arsenault, his nickname was The Show, and I just think that's fucking incredible. I meant to get that in earlier. Uh, I forgot about that. That is a great name. Yeah, maybe I'll have to do a, uh, a former nicknames bracket once the regular nicknames are finished up. Or just do like an obscure kind of washed up like, where are they now, Bracket? Like, Harold Arsenault in the first round versus, like, Marcus Pfizer, and, like, we could definitely help you with that. That would be amazing. Wow, three Marcus Pfizers in one podcast. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably a good way to, good way to end it on, a, on, a, on that reference. But, uh, yeah, Brandon, thanks, thanks so much for joining right, us. Well, one more Marcus Pfizer reference. I looked him up, no nickname. Yeah, that's too bad. I did add him on Twitter while we've been talking about, so we'll see if did we can get a shout out from him. That's amazing. I have a pretty. I mean, if we can get AC Law to respond to our tweets, I feel like we could get Marcus Pfizer to respond to our tweets. <laughs> it's because I verbally verbally harassed AC Law after drinking all day down in Nashville during the SEC tournament. I can't believe you of didn't get he's him going to respond. I thought I thought you were gonna get him on the podcast or something. I, I had high hopes for that AC Law encounter. Dude, I was I in Nashville. Dude, call he was, in. He was awesome. He was great. He was great. Uh, well, um, uh, just just to wrap up the, the AC Law bracket March Madness whole thing. I I have in my bedroom in my closet right now. I have a T-shirt that one year I loved my bracket so much and was so confident of it. I took a yellow t-shirt and a Sharpie, and I wrote out my entire bracket front and back on my shirt with all my picks on it, <laughs> and I wore it every day of March Madness, and uh, it was the AC Law year. I had Texas A&M in my final four, and I had Kevin Durant's Texas win it all, and I was very wrong, but I still have the shirt, and that's brackets and March Madness for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll save that for my next visit, guys. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, no, appreciate it, man. And as always, can't wait to keep voting on that March Madness of nicknames. Great idea, great concept, love it. Yeah, we're uh, we're right about in the middle of the second round, so look up at Wheaton Brando and join in on the voting. Yes, everyone, Wheaton Brando, take part in the voting. It's awesome. All right, thanks, guys. All right, right. have a good night, everybody.